And now, two pigeons bemoaning the fact you can stream DirecTV satellite-free. You see this? A family watching baseball on DirecTV with no satellite dish in sight. Let's heckle them. You call that changing the channel? Choke up on the remote, buddy. I hope getting all these games on DirecTV makes up for your mother not pre-chewing your sunflower seeds. DirecTV has the most MLB games. Visit DirecTV.com. Claim based on total games offered on national and regional sports networks with choice package or higher. Availability of RSNs varies by zip code and package. High-speed internet service required. Terms and restrictions apply. All right, everybody working up. Everybody's working. With that time, Jers. It's really been one of the stranger weeks in the NFL, certainly, that I can remember. And it is very strange to go back and think about where we were. We recorded Monday's edition of Times Ours when we were really hyped for Monday Night Football that obviously, as I have to imagine, everyone listening now is well, well aware, um, ended, that game ended with a terrifying moment with DeMar Hamlin going to the ground, CPR, the response from the healthcare professionals and everyone who stepped in there. We've gotten good news on that today, and we will figure out how to talk about that a little bit before we eventually look ahead to where the Chiefs stand now and how all of this plays together. It's been uh, been a heck of a week, guys. Joshua Briscoe, Nate Taylor, Seth Kaiser, all with you here. Um, Nate, even just straight from the Chiefs' perspective, I- I've never heard press conferences in my time You know, covering the team. I, I haven't heard the tone that it was, uh, especially from-, from Patrick Mahomes, Yesterday, really everybody these last couple days, it's uh, it's been strange all around the sports world. I imagine mm-hmm. that you guys have had similar experiences. Yeah, um, I just keep thinking about how uh, everybody from the Chiefs, uh, you know, took time out of their day because they obviously knew the importance of what Monday's night's game was supposed to be. Um, and then all had to wake up Tuesday morning and get ready for practice, get ready for game week, get ready for the Raiders. Um, the juxtaposition of that is just obviously striking. Um, you know, as a media member, as a reporter, you just want honesty. And so uh, just like with a lot of teams, you could just say about every team in the league, honestly, um, how Patrick Mahomes was just um, – made his reaction sort of relatable um discussing how it gave him chills you know revealing much like we all have that we've never seen CPR be administered on the plane surface uh you know during the game i both understand Justin Reed saying that uh it doesn't change his philosophy his viewpoint on why he loves the sport and it's not going to change necessarily his mentality but i also recognize and applaud him saying that the most terrifying thing is that of course you know um it's a simple football play where you know t higgins is trying to gain you know additional yards and um damar hamlin does a pretty Good job based on the leverage of of trying to make the tackle. Um, no one could have really foreseen that. And then one thing that I directly wanted to ask Andy, uh, because he we all knew he was going to watch the game live, much like his players, um, was just 
his response to seeing one of his coaching disciples, Sean McDermott, um, show, you know, empathy and uh, compassion and trust and also trying to be a leader in a way that um, you don't particularly can be prepared for. Um, and obviously Zach Taylor, um, you know, working alongside Sean McDermott and Andy just, you know, just saying how much he, he applauded his peers in that manner and agreed with them that um, in this circumstance, that is extremely rare. Um, obviously, there's no need to continue the football game. I think everybody understands that. Um, you know, it's as I wrote Wednesday. You know, it's a bit unusual because obviously, in our last episode, everything was about Monday's game and how it would impact the next what we thought at least a couple of weeks. Who knows? You know. Um, it's an inflection point for the entire season, but the Chiefs are in this weird position where um, they go from watching what occurred on Monday um, to obviously praying for Demar's health to seeing all the updates, and now they'll be the first. They'll be one of the first two teams to be put back on the national TV stage to play a football game that's supposed to have ramifications toward the AFC playoff format. Um. In, it's a coincidence. It's, you know, very unusual. Um, and so the team has tried to do its best to be human and professional. And that is just something that um, I don't think we're going to forget anytime soon, regardless of how the rest of the season ends for not just the Chiefs, but for the Bills, the Bengals, and every other team, when you realize that uh, – the game is the game is more violent than we all probably realized. A couple of things just from today, just so it, it, this might have been news that not everyone's caught up on. Mm-hmm. Um, Demar Hamlin was gripping the hands of his family members, and then we got the story from the doctors that he had a clipboard and a pen and paper, and he wrote on that. He still has a breathing tube in and hasn't been able to speak, but wrote a question to his nurse asking who won the game. Um, <laughs> To be able to, I mean, there's stories about um, the, uh, the the trainer who got out there first, Denny Kellington, just a name that I feel like we ought to say. Um, the The news today has been stupendous. The, the incredible improvement over the last 24 hours, all sorts of things that if you want more of that, the, uh, the doctors had a long press conference today and um, there's a lot of very good information. Things like, this comes through when you know the story about the clipboard. Um but the the phrase something along the lines of it's not just that you know his eyes are open but the lights are on he's home uh that kind of stuff it's given me chill i've read the, that quote like 10 times today and every single time it it gets me a little bit um maybe because i uh I, I at least have heard stories of what it's like for family members in in that spot to to see all of the things the neurological function being intact all of that just cast a, a totally new light on all of it today. And his GoFundMe is almost a seven and a half million dollars, which is Incredible. just outrageous in the best possible way. So that's just a, a few updates uh, on, on his situation today. And Seth, uh, I'm really curious how, how you were, um, I don't know, seeing that and everything that's happened over these last few days in a very strange week. Yeah, a hundred percent. 
Um, a couple things, and and people have you know since we're recording Thursday, you know people have heard people talk about this much more qualified than me certainly, and probably all of us as to like yeah. you know takes on this that and the other thing. A couple things I, I'll, I'll say. I think it's great you gave a shout out to the uh, the athletic trainers and then and then everyone else, the EMTs, the doctors, everyone that responded there. Yes, um, seemed to have done a really great job, and that kind of stuff can be so life saving. You know, instant care is so important. Um. Um, one thing that I thought was really cool, just on a side note, and because like I said, the reason I'm going to say some of the things I'm going to say is because I think most of this has been covered much better, by much more eloquently by better people than me. So I'm not, I don't feel the need to cover everything. What I would say, one thing that I really liked and appreciated was the outpouring of support. And again, whatever, there's just one thing that stuck out to me for T Higgins Mm -hmm. and the empathy and compassion. Like Josh Allen said some really great stuff in his presser today. Because doing what I do, I've, I've seen how people react um, when they accidentally hurt someone. Or not even they didn't really hurt. You know what I mean? It's not. It, 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 I should be really clear. The doctor's saying they're not sure exactly what caused everything right now. Okay. Yeah, yeah. Um, but when they've been around it, right? They've been a part of it. And um, a line that I'll never forget from a firefighter was, what if I had tied my shoes faster? And he just he just couldn't get over it. What if he'd laced up his boots faster? Mm. Um, and and so the amount of empathy because it would have been really easy because shock and kind of sadness can turn into anger very quickly. And I think we saw some of that honestly mm-hmm. from people. Mm-hmm. But you know to show empathy towards someone who didn't do anything wrong, um, I thought that was really cool. Um, I think the the one thing I would just say is you know you. I think that it's really cool the story of him, you know, asking, you know, did we win? Yeah. I just think that's hilarious and awesome. Um, in part, you know, primarily because it shows, you know, he's he's there, right? Um, him, the person that is him, is there. Yes. Which isn't always a given when things like this happen. Correct. And it's also demonstrative to me of just kind of a cool side thing. Like when when something really bad happens, people tend to trivialize everything because compared to life, nothing else, you know, really matters. Right. You know, like, and so everything becomes trivial. And so then any conversation about anything else, you know, you're just like, well, this feels ridiculous and and it just doesn't matter and whatever. Well, you know why we might care about this, this stupid, dumb, ridiculous, beautiful, amazing sport. Cause he does. And those little things in life, even though they become trivialized and they don't seem to matter that much, they do matter because fun and joy and entertainment and togetherness, that stuff all does matter, even if it becomes encapsulated because of a ridiculous sport with a ball that is not round. <laughs> Which, by the way, Nate, my wife is is trying to find a way to make a shirt that says a football is not round. Because she heard you say that one time yeah. and she thought that yeah. was the, she she was like, that is the greatest. It's just, um, you know, we, we play tennis with round balls, baseball, <laughs> we just, we, softball, they just, How should soccer. we shape this? How should we shape this ridiculous ball in this ridiculous sport? Volleyball. And, I mean. <laughs> it's everything. Every other so, ball is round. Bowling ball. Bowling so, balls. So I, um, the, the thing I would say to people is. Whether you are, because from the sounds of it, and they'll the doctors will talk about why he had, I, I guess you'd call it like a heart incident, because you know I don't know what you'd call it because they're not well, sure what caused cardiac it. arrest 
Definitely. Yeah, cardiac arrest. Right. He right. lost his pulse on the field. Yep. And, and, it, wasn't a, be... and it wasn't a heart attack, which is something right. that some which people is... had been just sort of speculating on. Right. And those are two very different things with different causes. The, the short story is this, and it's going to sound like I'm saying something that's like, whoa, that's grim, Seth. But like one of my best friends in the world caught cancer at 33 and died two years later. Healthy dude. He had a sore throat. That's why he went in. And then they were like, dude, did the reason your throat's sore is because there's this massive tumor in there and it's spread and, and whatever, you know, cancer, ups and downs, blah, 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 blah. Life is really short. And when we get reminders of that, when we get reminders of kind of how fragile all this is, um, I think we should just keep in mind that that doesn't mean we should trivialize everything because everything is trivial next to whether someone lives or dies, of course. But maybe life being so fragile and so brief is part of why we shouldn't trivialize stuff like that. Like, don't trivialize, I don't know, eating a Z-man. You know what I mean? Or something stupid. Don't trivialize um, getting together with your buddies and sitting there and talking, you know, at a, at a place called Meet Mitch's. Don't, don't trivialize that stuff because it all really, really does matter even if in the aggregate it doesn't feel like it. So that 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 that's my silly thing there. Life is short and just that stuff does matter and 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 being kind and 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 enjoying the things that you have and 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 the people that you have. That's a big deal. So I've gone third level, which means I'm going to cry if someone doesn't yeah. start talking. I'll take it. I'll take the baton <laughs> so you can so you can keep your I, your walls up. Yeah. I love you, uh, bud. Thanks, man. I love you. You gonna say it to me also, just Nate? Josh, you know I love you, man. You, you scared the you scared the crap out of me last year, and I'm still kind of mad at you about that. I get so. it. I'm still really sorry. I didn't mean to. <laughs> I appreciate um, that. It was all an accident. Um, and he's also weirdly has weirdly given me some firsthand experiences of what an ICU is like when people are worried about your heart and lungs and other internal organs. Uh, but that's not what I want to talk about, because the, the one thing that I wanted to circle back on one more time is actually from the media side um, and not the not the people who end up poorly. I don't want to talk about people who ended up poorly. They get talked about plenty. Um, but my I don't know if you guys know this. I, don't, and I can't because I can't remember where I've told this story where I have it. But my first day hosting radio, live radio was on 810. It was a, I think it was a Sunday morning. We did two hours of radio. I think it was from 8 to 10. And then at about 10.05, we started seeing tweets and stuff before I'd packed up uh, that Jordano Ventura had died. And oh, we wow, went back man. on the radio and just kind of started. We kind of waited until we got some sources that we knew we could trust and then went back on and, and shared that and then started calling the other hosts at 8.10 to come on and talk about it for a little bit. Um, and I just obviously got some pretty, pretty hefty kind of flashbacks on Monday night going to the studio and watching Buck and Aikman try to figure out how to handle that in the studio with, with Booger and, um, and the crew there just trying to figure out how you say only the only thing we're worried about right now is this man's life without saying it 500 times and not knowing what else to do with it. And, and so and, yeah. and I, there are a handful of people specifically. I really think everybody on ESPN for as long as I watched that night, I thought everybody did the best they could with what they had. I thought Booger McFarland came through as an incredibly empathetic human voice in that moment 
as a former player who could connect those dots. And Mm -hmm. then afterwards, uh, Scott Van Pelt is the exact right person to be asking questions to the exact right person in Ryan Clark, who had his own experiences from the, the, the whole his whole hospital deal coming out of Denver. And the story with Mike Tomlin that we had, I think, heard for the first time in their podcast a month or two ago. Uh, all of that to say, lot Lisa Salters was great. Every Everyone I thought did a good job there. And it reemphasized for me that this is so important in in all of your life, obviously, but particularly in media. You You need to have people who you can trust to be human and wise and compassionate and caring and trying in the moments that reach beyond the sports like if you you could be a great analyst but whenever a moment like this falls from the sky and you just have no idea where to go with it mm-hmm. the only real requirement i think is some visible humanity and we, we we've seen this at various different levels over the last few years in sports from the social justice movements to the pandemic to this on monday night football I, I think it's very clear that, that there is a deep importance to hearing from people and trusting in people that can display the kind of empathy that is often deeply undervalued in our society and our media at the moment, where a lot of it's mean-spirited jabs and just hot takes and anything to try to get some eyeballs or whatever. And uh, it was it was horrifying, but also... A, a little bit encouraging whenever the, the people who were rising to the moment there were doing that on Monday night and have continued to throughout this. There's been some really good reporting that has been very human reporting. I, I haven't seen a scrum, you know, around a member of DeMar Hamlin's family outside of a hospital, but I've seen reporters ask really good questions, getting beautiful answers from members of his, of his family. And that stuff matters. Because mm-hmm. it's really, really easy to tune that out until you need it. And so I just, uh, I wanted to, to reemphasize that one more time and, and to specifically put the spotlight on some people who I thought did a really good job in a very difficult spot, which is all obviously tertiary, if not secondary, to the players and the the medical personnel and the coaches on the sidelines and the people who had to jump in and, and make those decisions. But I'm not a professional football player, nor am I a doctor. Um, but I, I am in media and I do care about empathy in general. So that's, the, <laughs> that's the one little, uh, little slice of, of that, that I don't know. I've, uh, I like it up next to, I like it. And I think that's, I think that's really good to, to point out because it could have gone a lot worse yes. and it was, it was, people were put in a pretty tough spot and I don't know. I think a lot of those people, you know, it's kind of funny because, you know, Booger McFarlane catches a lot of flack for his time on the sidelines and the way that he analyzes the game and stuff. And Ryan Clark does too. Like a lot of these, you know, we tend to have these pithy jokes about how people do analysis. But uh, one thing is that they decided in advance. And some of the best advice I ever received is you don't decide in an emergency, what you're going to do. You decided years ago, what you were going to do. You know, like you, you, you knew what you were going to do and, and you make that decision well before, and all of them had decided well before that if something terrible happened, they would, they would kind of take it head on and also deal, deal with it with empathy. So no, that's, that's a really good observation, man. I'm glad you made that. This has been a really sincere 19 minutes of times ours. It has, it has, and it's, uh, it's a weird spot. And then eventually we'll talk about some of the football things because you guys have you know, mention it. 
lots of people have heard lots about this. I've, to be honest, have found myself like kind of hitting a cutoff point on wanting to hear other people talk about some of this because the only thing I've wanted to hear for the last 12 hours or so has been good news, but then it came. Yeah. Um, and so I, um, yeah, it, it's been a really bizarre few days, but I'm, I'm glad where, where we're at. And certainly, uh, it obviously goes without saying that all of our thoughts and prayers and hopes and everything we could offer has, um, been with Demar Hamlin and his family and loved ones and everyone has been affected by this, which is millions of people because we were all watching it. And we all saw something. None of us yeah. were prepared to see that night. So. Right. Yeah, exactly. Yep. So, um, and was, we uh, all and we all know that my prayers are better. So definitely. Oh, yeah, I uh, I almost just that's... offered my thoughts and then you could just offer your prayers because that would be the way to capitalize <laughs> and maximize all of it. And then Nate can do both because Nate's yeah. the best of us. That, we, that's you and the, I can each pick one. I, I had to read the Bible pretty carefully, but they're called super <laughs> prayers. And <laughs> <sighs> well, on that on that note, then any we could talk about. Some other sort of strange things. Um, the, yeah, the yeah, Chiefs. Sure. The Chiefs might be the one seed unless they're not. Right. So I guess let's let's take that one here first because the, sure. so the most the most recent reports have been that the and the, this will almost certainly be at least a little different by the time this hits anyone's headphones uh, because that's the nature of this. But the, uh, the the most recent reports, the NFL's not planning on even trying to resume Bills Bengals. Uh, Correct. And they will just move that. You know, as a, a no contest, and then week 18 games will be played as scheduled. Beyond that, there have been rumors and suggestions about splitting home field advantage in the bye. There have been uh, things about just, hey, here's just do it by winning percentage. Uh, there there are a lot of moving parts. Nate, I'll I'll let you do your very best to tell me what, what you've heard so far, what you think might happen. Um, but the, the truth is eventually the NFL is going to wave a magic wand and we're going to find out what the new rules are because it's an unprecedented moment. It is. And now... The league has put a deadline kind of on itself, which I don't particularly understand. Um, you know, what the league has told us is there's not going to be an eighth seed. So <laughs> that, that makes sense. Cool. That, that oh. makes of all the ideas floated, and I want to hear you cook, Nate, because I'm excited to hear this stuff. But of all the ideas floated, I was like, okay. Give me more scenes. Don't, don't okay, make but... Ron Rivera write about this. And I actually like Ron oh. Rivera, but that was <laughs> one of the funny. funniest things I've ever seen. And you know what? You said we could have, we could have, we, yeah. we had, we had to win. Yes. Yeah. yes hey, you indeed. know what? Coach the game in front of you, fair enough. But that was bad. But yeah, no, coach. of, of yeah. all the, yeah, of yeah. all the solutions, though, I was like, just add another playoff team. I was like, guys. Come on, this can't be the best we can do here. <laughs> so there's not going to be an eighth seed, which would have eliminated a bye, even for the number one seed. So, um, which, which, funny enough, like the players associated association would get involved, and it immediately made me think of that conference call where mm-hmm. the player reps have to call their teammates, "Hey guys, uh, we're the eighth seed, and you need to be at work tomorrow." Um, yeah. <laughs> it's been a, it's been a, it's, I've been made aware that we are still playing. Um, I guess they're going to make an announcement. This is again, all this could change, but I, I my best understanding is they're probably going to make an announcement tomorrow on Friday, uh, deciding what will be the case of how you move forward with the AFC playoff format picture. And the like. Um, 
The Bills will play on Sunday. The Bengals will play on Sunday. It is incredibly admirable that they are doing this. While the NFL also says we need to play every game this week. I know it's a business. I know it's a business merely, you know, a business that serves television. Uh, This is such a television product. And dates have been put on the calendar, and they need to obligate and fulfill those dates. I I understand that. There has been some discussion about a neutral site in a potential AFC championship game that involves either the Chiefs and Bills, Bills and Bengals, Bengals and Chiefs. Do you want that in Detroit? Do you want that in Indianapolis? Do you want it in Nashville? Uh, because the NFL has used Indianapolis before for the combine, you know, annually and based on location of region, Indy probably makes the most sense. Indy is also the more modernized stadiums of all of Mm -hmm. them, I believe, which could give you the most fans and a best we could put together championship festive atmosphere um the chiefs in any question this week have not wanted to go past saturday and that is understandable mm-hmm. andy reed has basically said nope we're not even talking about that one seat get that out my face um obviously he sort of reframed things back to demar which is understandable and uh I know Seth is probably going to enjoy this later on, but the the Chiefs still have to beat the Las Vegas Raiders in yeah, Las Vegas. The, yeah, they got a game that they have to win so, for this to even matter for them. Correct. So this, and by the way, the the Bills will be incentivized uh, because there might be, you know, there might be a situation where winning percentage is the new you know, tiebreaker in all of this. Again, the league has not decided what it will be yet. Um, it's been hard for, I think, anybody on the reporting analyst part of this to sort of project because as I'm saying this right now into this microphone, the league has no idea what it's going to do. Yeah. And <laughs> they really aren't in these situations that often. Uh, for obvious reasons, of course. And I'm not just saying just because of the tragedy that occurred on Monday um, and all the miraculous events that have occurred since then. But even in the COVID times, they had a better plan than what they have right now. Um, I think to appease, to appease all parties, that isn't the AFC South winner because we don't know who's won the AFC South. <laughs> The championship game will probably be at a neutral site. I'm not sure Clark Hunt or the Chiefs will feel super duper comfortable with the idea that this is how they gain the one seed, even though it might be by winning percentage, and that this is how they're going to host a potential fifth straight AFC championship game, even though it might be against, and again, these are all sort of hypotheticals, it might be between the Bengals and or the Bills. So, or if it's the Bills 
against the Bengals, which I know I'm not sure people have thought about this, had Cincinnati won, they would put even more pressure on the Chiefs because they had the they were in the outside track the most to get the one seat, but they were still mathematically available. Yeah. Yep. Uh, with what occurred Monday and with the game would likely to be um, considered no contest, uh, they don't have a path really to the one seat. And I don't think the I think the league has pretty much gone through every scenario and has realized that like mm, the team that's you know. In this particular side of it, the team that doesn't really have much of a chance at the one seater has even less chance than they did before kickoff on Monday is probably the Bengals. So if it's Bengals Bills for the AFC Championship, where is that game supposed to be played at? And I think that's a real question that is being considered in the league office that doesn't really involve the Chiefs, although the Chiefs are in the mix as well. And as we've explained before, it's a bit strange for them because they just have to play with the same focus and intensity they've had all season which is we win the AFC South and we do the best we can to get the one seat that's how they're trying to compartmentalize all of this um, and then the Chiefs will be in another unusual situation where they'll watch how the rest of the league sort of handles week 18 from an outcome standpoint and I would hope by then, we would know what the league has decided. And I think it's totally comfortable for me to say and for fans to understand this is all bad options. None of this is good. Like, if you wanted integrity, if you wanted competitive balance, if you wanted people to earn things the way it was designed to be earned when the season began, well, we don't have that anymore, unfortunately. So, right. It's, it's just, it's just, what option they pick is not a good option, but they have basically put a deadline on themselves that they have to pick an option before the Chiefs get off the plane in Las Vegas, basically Friday afternoon. Seth, I heard you winding up. I just wanted to hop in and make the listeners aware of that. I heard Seth, uh, Nate say that the Chiefs needed to win the AFC South, and I just wanted to keep us from getting any tweets about the fact that all three of us are very There's so aware many of the divisions. fact that the Chiefs do play in the AFC West. Set they play in the AFC West. I'm sorry. I For some reason, I have... It's Look. hey hey Nate. It's week eighteen. This is the reason. <laughs> yeah, so long. The season so, is so long. This is yeah. No, the season is long. Um, although man, this one in a weird way has kind of flown by. Even though it's also been long, but it also is like whoa. We're like to the playoffs. Apparently, the competition committee is set to convene at six o'clock Eastern time to approach an outcome of the AFC seedings. So literally, right now, mm. our time, yep. right? Yeah. Okay, great. So none of this is going to matter by the time the show comes out. Awesome. Hey, but I, I look, I gave you a great, uh, <laughs> gave you a great summary up until this point. So does that mean that we keep cooking or does that mean I, just, I, I think we get takeout. We talk about the Raiders. Yes, okay. Yes, I will ahead. not get emotional again. I'm not re-recording this. <laughs> Um, no, 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 no. Everything we've said is fine, except for okay. right now. I, I Look, I said it. I said when we started this portion of the conversation, which has only been a few minutes, I think, uh, we we said at the top, 
this is all going to be different by the time you guys are hearing it. That's yep. not true. It's just now we know that it's going to be, it might be different by the time we're wrapping up the show. We might, we might have news by the hour mark here. I, I don't know. Yeah. So one thing that I would note, cause you talk about like earning it and stuff. And there are a lot of Chiefs fans on social media fighting with a lot of Bills and Bengals fans as Which things return no to normal. Sense. Just don't, just don't. It's okay. Just don't do that. Don't. Yeah, go, go just, ahead, Seth. Just don't do that. I it was kind of fun. Um, um, Joe uh, Goodberry, who, who covers the the Bengals, um, he talked about like the the atmosphere beforehand. Like Bengals and Bills fans actually get along pretty well, and they were all chanting "Bleep the Chiefs" together. So funny. Which, yeah, so that funny. is genuinely Which funny. Which also, Chiefs fans should take as a compliment. I mean, it's yeah, it's that great. is it's good we've, everybody. Yes, as a Chiefs fan, you've been waiting your whole life. The Chiefs have never been that team. And we're not even the team that went to the Super Bowl last year, but still the Chiefs haunt other teams. That's kind of cool. You know, I mean, except I don't know. Can we really say we haunt the Bengals? Not right now, but but they're we're the hated team. That that's fun. It's fun. And division sports rivalries, they're fun. But anyway, in terms of like the earning it and everything, it's just it's at least worth noting for Chiefs fans that might feel like, ah, I don't know. Is that really something they could take? You know, look. You don't need to apologize. Let's say the Chiefs do win Saturday, which we need to talk about the Raiders because they did put up 34 on the Niners. Mm-hmm. I mean, winning 14 games in the NFL is really, really, really hard. And is any of this necessarily fair? No. Was it fair when Chris Jones got called for saying mean things to Matt Ryan on a play that would have won the game essentially for the Chiefs? No, that wasn't fair either. Life Rarely hands you fair stuff. If you're a Chiefs fan, just relax, see what happens, and then call it a day. Because neither the Chiefs, if this is the way it goes, neither the Chiefs, nor the Bills, nor the Bengals will have technically, the way it normally happens, like you said, Nate, earned the one seed. Mm -hmm. No one will have done it. Because you might say, hey, yeah, but the Bills and Bengals both beat the Chiefs. Totally true, they did. They both also lost games they should have lost. Just like the Chiefs won a bunch of games against playoff teams and lost, like, they lost then then to the Colts and the Colts. Like, good God, that game! Like, because all of this could be moot if, like, I would say if Harrison Butker had been healthy, but we've seen some stuff since then. Um, I mean, had had one of like thirty things gone differently in that game, the Chiefs win, and all of this is kind of a moot point. But that's at least worth noting. No one really is going to win the one seed the way that it normally would be won. And, yeah, what are you going to do? That's just life. So I, I just, I thought I'd point that out. Like, because it really is, there's a lot of conversation about, you know, what's sporting and what's not. It's like, I don't know. But what I do know is the Bills have earned a high seed. The Bengals have earned a high seed. The Chiefs have earned a high seed. And the way it might turn out, none of them will have actually earned the one seed. So I don't know, flip a coin. I don't care. Just can I, whatever. Can, can I give you some... NFL transactional news that oh, is somewhat relevant to the Chiefs. What? Yeah. To Chiefs fans. The Dolphins have placed Eric Fisher on IR. Oh. That's Ladies and gentlemen, Eric Fisher has yet to play a snap this season and will not play a snap this season. <laughs> this concludes people wanting Eric Fisher on the team. <laughs> also, in the corresponding move, the Dolphins picked up Jaren Christensen or Jaren oh, Christensen, who oh, yeah, was 
released in the corresponding move to bring mm. Michael Hartman back to the active roster. Although we do not know if Michael Hartman will play on Saturday. And if he does, it'll be less than 10 snaps, probably. Andy Reid said, but you know, if it's three snaps, like, okay. He said not three, and I was many. like, coach. He said three, and he said, or if it's five. It's like, well, coach, coach, yeah, coach. Not, you didn't say if it's coach. three or if it's 30. Uh, yeah, coach. coach. Yeah, there, there wasn't. You're saying coach. more than you think you're, than you normally do, sir. Coach. Yeah, and coach. so on on the uh, on the Chiefs front, what I've what I'm kind of going with is right now the only thing the Chiefs can do is handle their business against the Raiders and then let the NFL tell them what they're doing. I and, I don't and, feel like Chiefs fans need to like carry a whole bunch of that with them. But also, I would go out hunting for fights with Bills and Bengals fans who are in a pretty understandably kind of torn up place for a whole lot of reasons right now. Mm-hmm. So you can just treat each other. Hey, just treat people like people, and then hope the Chiefs beat the Raiders, and then we'll see what happens. That's right. Yeah. Very, very, very wise advice um, for competitive um, integrity. Again, the league wants to let everybody know what the what the plan is before week 18 officially starts, which is 1.30 Pacific time, 3.30 Eastern time between Chiefs and Raiders on ESPN. Want to know something just kind of interesting about this whole 1-2-3 seed thing? Sure. If the Chiefs beat the Raiders and then things turn up to where they have the one seed, uh-huh. then you know the Bills and the Bengals have the the two and three seed. Um, the Chiefs can't play both the Bills Correct. and the Bengals. Correct in the in the format that we have currently yeah that's a good been point. playing the entire season all year. Yes, in, that is in that the is history correct. of how that would typically work. The current format, yeah. <laughs> Yeah, it's and that's, just that's a big which deal. which which some people have said is you know a bit um, doesn't seem valid, doesn't seem fair. Again, to the to the to the word you said earlier. Right. Um, now the the one trial balloon that just I mean, goodness gracious, uh, and I have the answer for you. Uh, but someone I don't know who floated this out. Uh, I know our dear friend Cody Tapp uh, has put it on his Twitter account. But essentially, hey, if the Chiefs win the one seed based on win percentage, and that obviously means that they have to win Sunday against the Raiders or Saturday against the Raiders, you you have one of the – you get the red or the blue pill. Um, would you take the bye or would you take the one seed? In play. This also included the the, the eighth, eighth team being involved. Um, if that was the option that we're going to pick, um, yeah. it is entirely ridiculous. And you that would have been funny though. And you would always take the buy. Oh, <laughs> you always take a guaranteed win. Correct. Unless you win right now, like half your starting lineup is questionable. And yeah. that balloon popped on 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 voyage. Immediate yeah. start of voyage. It really, it's all about terminology. I'm telling you, if we start calling punts turnovers, yep. people will go for it more. Foot and turnovers. Huh? <laughs> we need, we need, I said foot turnovers. We really yeah, need a specific word yeah, for it. Yeah, foot turnovers. We have interceptions slash picks, you know, fumbles, or like maybe you muff it. I have the coward's way I, out. I have to concede turnover because I haven't been successful for 10 straight attempts. <laughs> right. 
<laughs> turnovers. I have to surrender possession turnovers. Surrenders. No. I can't keep <coughs> doing this to everybody. Seth, White Seth, he's doing a, Seth, he's doing a thing, Seth. He's doing a thing. They, they somehow, you somehow got elected. And this is what you do? Oh, no. <laughs> He's in. And another, an, yet another thing about this show that might not another. actually be factually accurate by the time you're listening to it. They might be at a ten, dozen. Ten. Ten. We're not even on feet doing this. <sighs> they have agendas. They have bills. They have all sorts of mechanisms that we need to get to, but we can't get to it because you <laughs> take take the fact that nobody likes you <laughs> and concede. Even say, though, say it with me, guys. Even though people in your to own state like you, but maybe they don't like you anymore because you keep trying and failing you don't have the votes step aside everybody step aside i I think take 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 the l seth we're whispering we're whispering seth (laughs) stop stop it (laughs) stay with me here guys rod marinelli hugh jackson kevin mccarthy Three men desperately trying not to go 0 and 16. Come on. Come on. You don't want to be on that list. I can't. Gosh. I've seen what it's like over there. It ain't pretty. We're not you well. Get, this is not a podcast done by three people who are ready to do a podcast. This you is not. Elected? You want to get elected again? Or should we just fold everything up and put it away back? It is. We were so they, close to talking about Patrick Mahomes, man. We got so. We close. were so close. Did you hear that the Raiders scored thirty four on the Niners? What? <laughs> no, right? Uh, Derek Carr must have been good. Yeah. <laughs> Seth, Seth, that, that, Seth, that clearly means they won the game, right? I mean, clearly. I mean, you can't score that many points and lose. Yeah, the Raiders yeah. don't really lose close close games either. Yeah, so do they? Right. Especially not ones where they hold the lead at a certain point. This is a really funny. I, I just, I'm sorry, I have to because you referenced Cody already. Cody tweet, Cody Tap, he tweeted out a new idea: Chiefs get home field and the bye, but the AFC Championship game is refereed by Carl <laughs> Sheppers. And Jeff Schwartz quote tweeted it and said the Chiefs would rather play three straight road games than this option, <laughs> yeah, yeah. which is 100 percent true. Totally true. I, I but come on, fan. come on, Roger. You know, you know what to do. Give the people oh, what they gosh, want. They do too. They just like oh, and, and Carl's just sitting there. Carl's you know the got to walk back you know through the, that door. I, I haven't done this in a while, but you know the meme, the gif of the dude rubbing his hands by the tree. Mm-hmm. Carl Shepard's just sitting there like, oh man, it's an AFC Championship at Arrowhead waiting for me right there. Um, but you got to beat the Raiders. How is he ranked in the in the referee? Uh, database right It'll now. just upset me to know. How is his grade? How how's he and his crew doing? By I, the way, we are a week away from All Star Cruise, which one of my favorite, like, just ridiculous NFL things. Which, well, well, guys, you know this is this is the Super Wild Card Weekend, and you know these crews haven't worked together because this is an All Star Crew. So silly. Such a good point. So silly. Looking for an assist with your credit card, but can't get a hold of anyone. 
Luckily, with 24-7 U.S.-based live customer service from Discover, everyone has the option to talk to a real person anytime, day or night. Yep, you heard that right. You can talk to a real human and customer service at any time. Sounds like a real game changer if you ask us. Make the right call and get the service you deserve with Discover. Limitations apply. See terms at discover.com slash credit card. As you've probably heard by now, we've teamed up with BetMGM this season. We'll be using BetMGM lines to make all of our picks, and we'll have special offers for our listeners each week. If you haven't signed up for BetMGM yet, use bonus code THEATHLETIC, and you'll get a one-year subscription to The Athletic, plus up to a $1,500 first bet offer on your first wager with BetMGM. Here's how it works. Download the BetMGM app and sign up using bonus code THEATHLETIC. Make your first deposit of at least $10, place your first bet on any game, and claim your voucher for a one-year subscription to The Athletic. See BetMGM.com for terms. U.S. promotional offers not available in D.C., Mississippi, New York, Nevada, Ontario, or Puerto Rico. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER. Available in the U.S. Call 877-8-HOPE-NY or text HOPE-NY 467-369 in New York. Call 1-800-NEXT-STEP in Arizona. 1-800-327-5050 in Massachusetts. 1-800-BETS-OFF in Iowa. 1-800-270-7117 for confidential help in Michigan. 1-800-981-0023 in Puerto Rico. First bet offer for new customers only in partnership with Kansas Crossing Casino and Hotel. Don't forget, if you haven't signed up for BetMGM yet, use bonus code THEATHLETIC and you'll get a one-year subscription to The Athletic plus up to a $1,500 first bet offer on your first wager. And now, two pigeons bemoaning the fact you can stream DirecTV satellite-free. You see this? A family watching baseball on DirecTV with no satellite dish in sight. Let's heckle them. You call that changing the channel? Choke up on the remote, buddy. I hope getting all these games on DirecTV makes up for your mother not pre-chewing your sunflower seeds. DirecTV has the most MLB games. Visit DirecTV.com. Claim based on total games offered on national and regional sports networks with choice package or higher. Availability of RSNs varies by zip code and package. High-speed internet service required. Terms and restrictions apply. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Uh, is there, is there, here guys, let's do this first. Cause we're going to talk about Mahomes cause you, Seth started written about him and Nate, you're going to, which, you know, we can talk about Patrick Mahomes every once in a while. That's always fun. But yeah. what, what can we say about where the Raiders are at right now? Because we are, we are in the Jarrett Stidham era, uh, last week, as we just inferred, they put up a lot of points against a good 49ers defense. They still lost the game. Devonte Adams was cooking and Jarrett Stidham was feeding him. It was incredible. Uh, and so this is a this is a little bit of a like I I think we I don't know if we're talking about it much here. I kind of feel like Josh McDaniels did Derek Carr dirty to be honest, but like also at this point they're a little spookier right now than they were this time a week ago. They're more unpredictable. Um, yeah, and, and keep in and mind, Josh McDaniels has a quarterback who he's coached before. You know, yeah. It's worth noting that the the Raiders were at one point up. 17 nothing on the Chiefs. Mm-hmm. Now, you know, and then what happened is always a funny, you know, that's always a funny thing, right? You know, and what happened next? I mean, they were winning 2010. The, the, the Raiders game is one to be, it, it's interesting to go back because if you go back and rewatch, and it's funny for a number of reasons. Um, but 
One of the reasons it's funny is Vegas was winning 2010 at halftime and you knew that game was over. And I don't mean in favor of the Raiders. It was over when the Chiefs, well, it was over in a few points, but when the Chiefs with 17 seconds left drove down and just got a field goal to make it 2010 and the Raiders had gotten most breaks Mm -hmm. and were only up by 10, I was like, nah, man, this game is over. This is not going to go the way. It's just this game is over. Now, it was still a really tight, really close game. And now the Raiders, they've got nothing but pride to play for. And spoiling the Chiefs playoff seeding. And that'll go a long way. Like if the Chiefs don't walk in there, what you need to do is get in there, get a two score lead early and convince the Raiders players that, hey, let's let's go home, fellas. We're 30 minutes, you know, or whatever from this bad season being over we get to just do our exit interviews. We get to just go home, see our families, start thinking about those off-season plans, you know? Like, you know how it is the day before you leave for a vacation mm-hmm. when you when you go into work? Mm-hmm. And, like, mm-hmm. I traipse around my office just not only being unproductive, but ruining <laughs> everyone else's productivity as well. It's like you I give, walk. You give them the whole itinerary. You know what I'm gonna oh, do like, next oh, week? Oh, oh my gosh! It's just like walking over to my legal assistant. Hey, Kay, Tony, what are you guys doing? That's You're always so, so funny. busy. What are you doing? And I, I desperately try to make sure no one sees me for like the whole week leading up to me. I want people not to notice that I'm gone. Oh. Well, one of the advantages of being working with the government, I suppose, when that PTO is attached to your name, it's like, don't talk to me. Don't don't, don't try to talk. You're committing a crime right now. It's illegal for you to talk to me, sir. It's illegal for you to talk to me. It's illegal. What? (laughs) And so you need to get the Raiders into that mindset and not into screw them. We can do this. But Seth, this is why the NFL is... is, is, uh, it's so smart because Dan, <laughs> Dan Campbell's going to be like, hey, fellas, we might be eliminated by kickoff. The kneecaps is still going to be there on <laughs> Sunday night. <laughs> and if, uh, you know, if a, if a certain coach of the Raiders wants to gain some respect before everybody goes on vacation, uh, well, fellas, we only got one game plan left. And we about to put it all in this one. Yep. Mm -hmm. We're going to. So, I mean. (laughs) Have have you ever seen a fake punt where they threw the ball to the long snapper? I bet you haven't. (laughs) I mean. Well, if there's a team to do that, it would actually be the Chiefs. So. (laughs) Tommy was about to try it. Um, (laughs) Just just a quick, just a quick, quick stat uh, via true media. The Kansas City Chiefs, because I sent you guys a uh, a, a all thirty two teams graph earlier. Uh, I just wanted to just wanted to put it out there because oh, you know, yeah. crunch some numbers. Uh, headed into Week Eighteen, boys. The the true media notes tell me that the Chiefs ranked dead last in special teams EPA and are twenty fourth somehow in special teams DVOA. Mostly because they haven't given up a touchdown. On yeah, DVOA. coverage. They've been good if, in coverage. If they had given up one touchdown uh, on special teams this year, they would be dead last. Um, by the mm-hmm. way, uh, they they're they're 
their special teams uh, EPA figure right now, minus 54.21, is the worst of any Chiefs team in this century. And the Chiefs have the lowest field goal conversion rate in the NFL, 74.2%. Dave Tobe did did not need much convincing to to convince him to say that it's been the, the hardest year of his coaching career. Yeah, they've been bad. And that's and look, special teams is that weird wild card, right? That's that weird thing that can make weird games. And they played a bunch of weird games. It's also a place where you can have weird mistakes. And so weird mistakes are how you let inferior teams stay close. And the Chiefs have done that multiple times this year. Now, does that mean they'll do it again? I don't know. But it's like it's just funny with all the one seed talk. I'm just more like win 14 games mm-hmm. because look if the chiefs lose to the raiders saturday they indisputably do not deserve the one seed which that's why it would be kind of funny like if the chiefs lost saturday and then the bills and the Bengals both lost like that'd be like come on man like you know what i mean um it would also be really funny to me and this is when i say funny i don't know if it's funny haha to me it would be because I think irony is funny, even though it's not technically irony. But like if if the games all broke a certain way, a Saturday and Sunday to where it just didn't matter. You know, like like it just didn't matter. Like, you know, let's say let's say the Chiefs win, the Bills lose and the Bengals win. Mm-hmm. And then you're just all like, oh, OK, never mind. Yeah, we're, all right, <laughs> and, we're good. We stress about all that for nothing. Yeah. Yeah. Ball don't lie or whatever. Right. <laughs> like that would just be funny. To me, just because of the idea that so, the NFL offices would have thousands of hours worked this week trying to figure this out, and then it's like, oh, never mind. So you saying somebody in the in the in the competition committee right now, as we are recording this, is in the corner like, hey, what if we don't tell anybody until the Chiefs game? To after the Chiefs game, which kind of makes sense, need, right? What if we need to see the conclusion of the Chiefs game? What what Chief, Chiefs Raiders? Chiefs Raiders? What if we don't tell them anything? Oh my gosh! And then people would accuse them of only doing it a certain way once Chiefs Raiders was decided. Oh, that would be bad. Okay, good point. Yeah, that. Yeah. Would All right, let's get back to integrity, fellas. Yeah. Integrity. Oh, there's just so much. It's just competitive such a integrity. Thing. Competitive integrity, and I'm just I don't even know how you get there because it's kind of funny because like competitive integrity and certain things are decided by coin flips. Like, it's like right, well, right. sometimes. But if this team scores. Then you can have the ball. But if they score this, then (laughs) competitive integrity says you lost. Yeah. If they do, if they do the really good thing, then you know, too bad for you. But if they do a kind of good thing, I don't know. The whole thing's funny to me. Yes, Um, it's a silly sport, ladies and gentlemen. We give our money, our time, our I don't know. Uh obviously we get emotionally jabbed up about it, but it's a silly sport where the ball isn't round and they don't know what to do. <laughs> and they're talking about it right now. Yeah. Because imagine because thank, thank goodness the best outcome has actually happened already before they get to their little like, what if this outcome about that outcome? Like, I don't know. It's it is insane that grown men are paid millions of dollars to figure out this solution when we already have based on all the information we know already, the best possible outcome given what happened Monday. But yes, they're in a room right now saying, but is that competitively integral? Is it? (laughs) Is it? 
That's the word Seth has a hard time saying, isn't it? Uh, well, one of you dorks, please talk about Patrick Mahomes. I didn't know how hard it was going to be for me to convince you to talk about number 15. But you both wanted to before the show. Does now, this, here we are. Does this the conclude the that he has won the MVP award? Because we don't really need to talk about him. Yeah, I mean, that part, I'm I'm good on that front. Seth did, like, I don't know. He oh, the actual the work? Oh, yeah, you got to do that. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And that's silly, but he did it. I, it, if you look at, I mean, Seth, hold on. I was a, that was a sarcastic throw, but I want to send people to the Chief of the North newsletter at mnchiefsfan.substack.com where they can read the film review of Mahomes versus the Broncos and also note that Nate's story on Mahomes is uh, likely coming, what, tomorrow, you think, Nate, next couple of days? Yeah, um, just, you know. Soon. You're um, right about Patrick Mahomes soon on theathletic.com yeah. slash timesards if you don't have a subscription Seems, seems reasonable. Sure does. All right, Seth, there's your genuine throw. Oh, thank you. I also wrote about the case from Mahomes as the MVP last week or the week before. And it's basically, hey, take any chart of any quarterback stat that measures production and then look at the top right. Yep. Like, that that's the short version. Because it's always the same guy. But against the Broncos... Super interesting game to look at. You know how many inaccurate throws by my charting Mahomes made against the Broncos? Well, I don't want to say it because I already read it, but I'd say like I'd say like I'd, I'd say, say twenty two, at least. Two, yeah, I'd say like twenty five. Yeah, let's let's give him a wide range. Somewhere between we'll give a wider range than Andy Reid will give McCole Hardman snap. <laughs> I'd say I'd say as low as three and as high as five. Five. Maybe. <laughs> Twelve. <laughs> Woo! Which is higher than any amount he threw. In all of last season, like not combined, obviously, but in any single game. And like, so like against the Bills earlier this year, when I charted 21 plays where he got flushed because the Bills were just destroying the Chiefs pass protection, he threw six inaccurate throws that game. And, and keep in mind, you can't chart every throw for inaccuracy. You know, it might be a throwaway, might be a batted ball, um, might be, you know, the, re- the receiver clearly stopped on the route, whatever. Right. But he had 12 inaccurate throws. That's one of the most I've ever charted for him. And it's just an interesting game to watch because the Chiefs had a weird game plan compared to what they normally do. They were like, guys, we're going to work on, you know what they haven't done like almost all year? Double moves into go balls down the field. And then they were like, you know, guys, that's going to be like three fourths of our routes for a while. And they just could not make it work. Right. And because they, they were there, they were there to be had. Oh, they were there. And so I want to dispel because I know we don't have a ton of time left, but I want to dispel a couple things. One, the idea that MVS was a problem on the routes that Mahomes missed him. No, mm-hmm. Mahomes gives MVS two great balls on, on two of his kind of stop and goes. Those are two really long touchdowns. And imagine how different the conversation is about MVS if he has, you know, three catches for 180 yards and two touchdowns. And that's not the first time this has happened. We've talked about this before. Mahomes has missed him multiple times this year. And I don't mean missed as in he didn't see him open, but like the, the play where, you know, people like, oh, MVS, you got to come back and get that. Well, yeah, sure. He could have maybe done better, but he assumed Mahomes would lead him open and throw a rainbow down the right side of the field because he had it. The safety was recovering too late. And MVS is fast. He's a deep threat. And down the left sideline, you know, Mahomes overthrew him. It happens. But he also, in case people are like, oh, it's just MVS or Mahomes can't throw goal balls, which by the way, Mahomes does put, he doesn't, he doesn't do a moon ball usually. He throws that thing. Mahomes has one way of throwing, it feels like, and it's a rope. 
And that's harder to do 40 yards down the field. But it's worth noting, he went through a stretch in the third quarter where he picked up, I think it was like eight or nine of his inaccurate throws. I think eight were in the third quarter. And so it wasn't right after he got he got hit, his lower body hit. Mm-hmm. It wasn't that. Yeah, his footwork was wonky. He got some happy feet, but he was moving around just fine. His feet got away from him. His footwork got away from him. But even on plays where his footwork didn't get away from him, like Sky Moore going up kind of the right seam, not necessarily the seam, but he had more for a huge play if he puts it out even a little in front of him and inside. And instead he dropped it behind him and to the outside. And Moore probably should have caught it. It was a real tough catch, probably should have caught it, but it was a really bad throw. His feet were fine there. He just was not playing well, was just throwing the ball inaccurate. He missed uh, Travis Kelsey on a, on a crosser that he has thrown that ball to him accurately, what, a million times? Over the last four years, he just was missing some throws. And it was an interesting game to watch because he eventually, there were a couple things that were interesting. Andy Reid did some things to get him back on track. He waited too long, in my opinion. But if you want to be a Chiefs fan that like gets some encouragement here, when you think about what happened in the Bengals AFC Championship game and Mahomes was clearly struggling and people were like, why didn't they run the ball more? Why didn't we dial up some easier stuff to get Mahomes going? Both of those, great questions because his quarterback was struggling and I don't feel like Reed necessarily helped him out like he could have. Now, he didn't really run the ball to help his quarterback, which is he did it once with Pacheco and hey, they scored a touchdown on that drive and so I've decided that proves I'm right about everything. Um, <laughs> you know, that's it. I don't need a bigger sample size. And they only ran the ball like the one time too. Was, and they gained like six yards and then they didn't run again. It's like, come on, man. But hey, 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 hey. <laughs> hey, second and four, everything's available. Everything is available. Coach, and you know that's the problem. Because we just got six yards. Everything, Everything is the, available. The whole playbook is available and Andy <laughs> can't help it. But something that he did do on that drive and Mahomes, you could see him kind of shift. He called a couple just quick sideline throws in a row. Hey, snap the ball. Don't read anything. Throw the ball immediately to Juju Smith-Schuster. Throw the ball immediately to Sky Moore. Let them pick up five to eight yards. And you could see things start to spin together after that. That's one thing I noticed. The, the 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 jankiness with the go balls is something I noticed. And then the final thing, just to put a bow on it in terms of that game against Denver, even in a game where Mahomes was not only inaccurate by his standards, but really it was a subpar game for even an average NFL quarterback in accuracy. He did so many other things well that he was still good. <laughs> and that's hilarious to me. He just like, a, that's who stat, Patrick Mahomes is. He had a stat line Taylor Heineke dreams about. Yeah, <laughs> on, a, on a day he was less accurate than Heineke normally is. He yes. still he still hit Justin Watson. I don't know how he completed this pass. He hit from from the opposite hash. He fit, hit a, a corner hole shot in between the corner and the safety with a defender like millimeters from him. And that's who your quarterback is. Even on his bad day, he's still real good. And that's funny to me. Yeah. Did you see anything on the uh, like uh, mechanic slash ankle knee uh, mess front that, that jumped out to you? Or is this going to be something we keep an eye on and just see if it looks the same way against the Raiders? He I mean, you could keep an eye on it to see if, you know, he, he looks a little happy in the pocket in terms of not, you know, haha, I'm happy. But in terms of, of move, he's doing too much. Right? Happy, happy in the in the sense of the uh, animated uh, yes, movie. <laughs> yes, <laughs> happy feet. He's do, he was doing a little too much with oh, his I feet when he up. threw. Sorry, that's my that's my bad. <laughs> he 
stupid joke. Keep it moving. Gosh, Sorry, that was really, funny. really dumb he, joke. He was doing. He that's why I liked it. He was doing too much with his feet when he threw, and that affects you more when you're throwing the ball 35 yards down the field. That's a re- like even like on a play where he was moving just fine. Um, that that interception to Simmons. Hey, nice play by Simmons, but also Mahomes was just he was just inaccurate. He put it too far inside. Normally he doesn't. And so he he's doing a little too much with his feet. He's not setting himself when he throws. And that's something he's always done. He's just gotten away with it more. And so I expect to see more return to normal. But all of like the larger existential type stuff. Well, not existential, but you know what I mean. Um, something completely different than existential, obviously. Um, he, sorry, my wife's texting me and it's distracting. I don't yeah, know. Yeah, it's distracting me too, actually. That's crazy. What up, Jazz? All right. And so, um, and so I, uh, I, I don't think it's there's anything distracting as a MBS. gong goes off in the background. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> what do you mean? Where are you? Why aren't you here? You told me this wouldn't happen again. I'm leaving. No, I'm kidding. That's not Jazz wouldn't do that to me. I the don't first think. three were all accurate. Yeah. Yeah. She's still typing the fourth one. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. Man, those dots have been, man, those, those ominous dots have been hanging out for a minute, but the, the, the large scale stuff, I don't think is as big a deal. Him and MVS have not been on the same page a lot this year. But honestly, if when I look at MVS's routes, I put that more on Mahomes than him. And that's one reason why I think MVS is back next year. 11 million is not a terrible price it's gonna be for, a bargain. for for a, a number, a guy who's probably in, in best case scenario, your number three wide receiver, who's also a real good deep threat. 11 mil, that's not bad for that. And, and we'll have more time to work on chemistry with Mahomes and yeah. what yeah. you assume would be a, a second year in the system. Yep, a hundred percent. And and I and he's a guy you can do some useful things with. And I like that they're working some double moves with him because he's good at them. He's good at those. This that's his wheelhouse. Goes what 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 do you run? I run eight nine ten. <laughs> those that's my route tree. I do corners, goes and posts, my friend. What about what about a, what about a no no sir? Seven? No, is, no, that, no, no. Whoa, is that whoa. a go? You asked him to run a five corner, sir. Okay, okay, we can do a stop and go. And every now and then, if he's not like little covered slant real go. Well, what about can, what about what about slant go? What about slant go? A little slant and go. Sure, why not? Anything that ends are in you, goal. Are you, coach, are you asking me to run a deep dig for who? <laughs> yeah. For what? For what? <laughs> yeah, for what? <laughs> I could hear him say, for what, coach? Coach. And, coach? and he does it well. The wild card, I think, is Kadarius Tony, who, mm-hmm. man, pray for that man's hamstrings <laughs> because he's real good. And if he can just stay healthy long enough for them to really incorporate him in the offense, he is scary. Um, so th- anyway, that's the Mahomes stuff from a thousand feet in the air. It was really nice to get back to that, like charting every snap and all that fun stuff. Oh, if Clark Hunt doesn't invest a quarter billion dollars in some incredible cutting edge hamstring preserving technology, he doesn't want to or, win Super Bowls. Or here's, here's my new my take. Theory. Here's my theory that no one wants you to know. But he messed his hamstring up playing in SoFi Stadium. And dog, Lord, please protect these boys on Monday night. We are really approaching the territory in the Zoom chat where we can't, you're not actually making noises loud enough for Seth okay. and I to literally hear this. <laughs> okay. I'm sure the audience really appreciated it. I'll go back and listen. Sometimes okay. I can't. All, all I'm saying is he, he 
react. He aggravated his hamstring on a field in SoFi Stadium, which is the most god awful playing for sure in the field. Perhaps only rival to where the Super Bowl's gonna be played. Yep. yep. So hey. Maybe the surface, hey, while we're at it, the surfaces of the stadium or the AFC Championship game could be played in Indianapolis, but also not be. This is not really the one-two punch you'd like for your nope. for your hamstrings. No, 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 no. So hey, I I blame SoFi Stadium for Kadarius Tony's hamstring because when he's played on natural surfaces, he's been fine since he's been. Kadarius Tony is gonna exclusively. He's gonna be like a tennis player who only plays on grass. <laughs> He's only going to play home games. <laughs> and he's he going to still, honestly, with how he's looked. thousand yards. He, he might still put up a thousand yards. thousand yards. Only home games. And, and, I <sighs> said pray for these boys on Monday night because where's the national championship game? Oh, God. It's so far. They let this happen, man. Money games, I imagine. Billions. That's how billions. 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 Come on, Crocky. Put us in a better... <sighs> They would have a better time playing on clay right now. They put them on that table. <laughs> put them on clay. Get them, get them back to the Coliseum. Take them to Oakland. Put the baseball dirt down. Let's have a little. Let's yes. have a little mixed field again. Oh goodness! Uh, yeah, do you guys want to pick this game? It's what, like nine points, nine oh, and a half points. I think I the mean, Chiefs win, but don't cover. That's where I'm at. Give me, uh, give me a twenty-seven to I don't know twenty-four because we can't have a non-stressful game. Chiefs twenty-eight. <laughs> Raiders twenty four. It'll probably be more entertaining than than most people anticipate. Thirty three twenty seven. I don't think it'll be relaxing. Yeah, yeah. So, <laughs> I love the uh, way you describe that. Me too. That that right there. But first of all, the twenty twenty two twenty twenty three Chief season. I don't think it'll be relaxing. That's the title of the DVD. Uh, and then, uh, <laughs> and also the good news is it's on it's on Saturday. You have all of Sunday to just get some nice like. Some of that uh, sleepy time tea with the bear on it. Just you can just drink mugs full of that on your Sunday uh, to just try to bring your heart rate back down. Because yeah, uh, yeah. The only thing I think that would surprise me in this, I I think there's a better chance that the Chiefs win by ten than that they lose it outright because they really have just been superb at <laughs> ripping victory from the jaws of defeat against teams they shouldn't have let bite it in the first place. But I I think I think they're going to win. But I'm I'm definitely done picking blowouts. I don't need that in my DMs anymore. Oh man. Can't be blamed for this one. If the Chiefs lose this game, it won't be our fault, right? No, 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 no. Uh, with that being said, if you want to check out the uh, Mahomes film review, that's on uh, the Chief in the North newsletter, mnchiefsfan.substack.com. For all of Nate's coverage, uh, you can get that on the athletic. And again, if you're not subscribed right now, go to theathletic.com slash timesars and you can uh, get the best deal the athletics got right there you can follow all of us across socials and all of those usual places and uh thank you for listening especially for the gamut this episode has run we really uh we went a lot of directions i appreciate everybody who who stuck around for the whole thing because uh honestly i just appreciate anybody tuning in for this at all to hear what we had to say about anything in this world of football mm. the ball's not round but uh we're doing our best to try to Try to keep try to keep it serious when it's serious and give you something fun for the weekend when we can. So I just really appreciate that. I've I've been extra grateful again these last few days. I think and uh, that I never have I regretted being a little extra grateful. So yep. very appreciative of everybody who who lets us do this. Uh, with that being said, Seth, you got any final words? And then Nate can uh, close us out. We can start getting ready for some Saturday football. I just uh, 
Yeah, I'm just excited for some Saturday football that I get to talk about with uh, with my good buddies and write about to the wonderful subscribers of the Chief of the North newsletter. Man, my life, I can't, just picture LeBron, can't believe this my life, and that's me. Just, you know, different. <laughs> You're roughly built the same, though, that's the important right. part. I mean, yeah, more or less. <clears throat> Occasionally less. Um. I completely agree with everything that everyone has said so far. I love you, fellas. Uh, thank you for listening. I'm going to just end it here real quick. Um, quick shout out to Albert Lewis, former yeah. Chiefs defensive back, who is a finalist, finally, for the Pro Football Hall of Fame. Um, we will keep you abreast of how that situation goes. Usually they vote right before the Super Bowl. Um, also, along with Jared Allen, we discussed him before. Um Hey, man, we, we starting to get into them early 2000s. Can I just read some names for you? Love that. I mean, Dwight Freeney. Ooh. Darrell Revis. Mm. Joe, I am the best player on my team and was always the best player on my team, Thomas. <laughs> uh, Zach Thomas. Demarcus Ware. Reggie Wayne was always open. Um... And, of course, my favorite, Tory Holtz and Devin Hester. We getting old, guys. We are. Old. I remember I had some of those oh. dudes on fantasy teams, man. I'm getting nervous over here. We're getting old. Oh, they should all be in the Hall of Fame. Like, I know we got to vote. I know it's kind of ridiculous, but, like, they should all be in the Hall of Fame. It's just, like, they're all very, very great players. Yeah. Um, Patrick Willis. Like, he may not have the longevity. He's really good. He was freaking great. And lastly... <laughs> I'm going to give a big shout out to Jared Waite. Someone identify this man and let him know on Twitter at Jared. How you normally spell it? Underscore Wade. With what I would describe as a perfect tweet on this January 5th in our Lord's 2023. He says Kevin McCarthy has entered the Dion Waiter zone. We're about to see what he's really made of. Of course, he supplemented this statement with a graphic from Bleacher Report from back in the day when Dion Waiters was quoted saying this to the South Florida Sun Sentinel, quote, I'd rather go 0 for 30 than 0 for 9 because you go 0 for 9, that means you stopped shooting. That means you lost confidence. No, Dion. No, and Kevin, lose that confidence. Stop shooting. Get them shots <laughs> up, gay. Kevin. Bad Gates just called him a squatter. <laughs> Kevin. <laughs> Stop shooting. John Starks is like, bruh. Stop it, okay? Don't be de- If you put on a Dion Waiters over 30 performance, I mean, actually, you would kind of become iconic, and, like, I guess I'd have to give it to you. But stop it. Stop. Stay out of the waiter's zone. <laughs> <laughs>